This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello again, everybody. It is Thursday, March 24th. This is another edition of the Round Ball Stew. I'm Steve Alexander, your host, Raphael Johnson. As usual, this is probably the last Thursday show for a minute, Raph. It's been fun. It's been a good time. It's been a learning experience, all those things. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, long night in the NBA last night. Certainly a lot to discuss, but yeah, um, it's been a fun, fun Thursday afternoon run, to say the least, so. There's always there's always something to talk about on Thursday morning yeah. because Wednesday night is insane mm-hmm. with the NBA schedule this year. And speaking of the NBA schedule this year, Ralph, there's one team left this week that has three games on their schedule. Can you can you guess who that is? Your Washington Wizards. My Washington Wizards. <laughs> you and Matt Straups, Denny Avdias. Great, fun fantasy basketball team. They're more fun in fantasy than they are reality, and yeah. really, they're not that fun in fantasy. Uh, but the Wizards, if you're if you got like a, a San Antonio Spur on your team, or there's several teams that only have one game left this week, and if you're looking to drop one to gain two, there are some Wizards maybe sitting out there on your waiver wire who are worth a look. Roth, out of these guys, is there is there one you'd rather have than others? I think Raul Neto, probably available in most leagues. Ish Smith, his backup and his cohort, also probably available. Denny Avdija, like I mentioned, probably available. Corey Kispert, who actually starts for the Wizards, could be sitting out there in your league. Um, and then there's a possibility that Rui... Hachimura is sitting out there, and that's important because we haven't seen Kyle Kuzma for a while. Yeah, I think of the guy, the options you you give, I would lean Kispert right now, um, just because of the three point potential. Um, that tends to be a category that it's pretty important, you know, in category leagues. Now, I wouldn't call it an overlooked category per se, but it's one where if you can get a leg up in that category, you go a long way towards winning your matchup. So. I think Kispert's the guy. We've seen him get some defensive stats as well. So I think Kispert would be my preferred option out of all those players. Okay. Uh, a couple other guys who might be sitting there, Danny Gafford, yeah. mm-hmm. Thomas Bryant. But with Chris Stapps, Porzingis there, well, and that's the other thing. How much is Chris Stapps going to play over these next three three games mm-hmm. uh, that happen in, in four days? So he may sit out one, could sit out more. I mean, he's Chris Stapps, Porzingis. Yeah. But uh, – I, in my league, where I'm having a uh, really – I was up 8-1 after Monday, and it looked like I might run away. And now I've, I've been stalked and tracked down and roped back in by Joanna, who I'm playing mm-hmm. against. 
I dropped Devin Vassell, which I really didn't want to do because this is one of those leagues that runs all the way through the end of the end of the NBA season. So it goes all the way through the last day in the playoffs. So Devin Vassell for four games next week is something I would like to have on my team, but I've got to win this week to get there. So I dropped Vassell. I threw Kuzma. He was finally injury list eligible. I threw him on the injury list and then I picked up Corey Kispert and I picked up uh, Denny Avdija and that's a pretty deep league. That's I think there's 14 teams in that league. So the fact that those guys are just sitting there, I just picked up, you know, five games mm-hmm. in one, you know, basically one move to get five games yeah. this week. And uh, I'm kind of excited about it. I hope that Kispert or Denny at least have one decent game. Speaking of next, uh, of, of a lot of games, next week, Roth, the Cavaliers play five times. The Cavaliers, there's not as many... Um, glaring options that are going to be available on waiver wires, I don't think. Karis LeVert's been weird. I, I doubt he's been dropped anywhere, but I guess it's possible. Um, Isaac Okoro is sitting out there in a lot of leagues. You got Chetty. You got your Chetty pill, Chetty Osman, uh, hanging around. They just picked up Moses Brown. Uh, yeah. he, he got some minutes the other night. I don't see enough there. I think, really, to me, the only real option, unless Somebody glaring is is sitting on your wire in Cleveland is is uh, Ike Coro. Yeah. What do you think? I'd agree with that. Yeah, he doesn't give you much offensively on most nights, um, so you kind of hope that he hits a hot streak, or he does enough. He does like enough during a five game stretch to where you can kind of I don't know. I guess maybe you get five games of offense out of him could be equal to say three out of a, a more prolific player. If that makes any sense, you hope you get something there. He's a good defender, so you kind of hope the defensive stats come into play as well. But, yeah, like you said, there aren't many available options on that roster, you know, just because he, we've kind of seen how tight that rotation is and who those options are throughout the course of the season. So there are really no surprises lurking in Cleveland. Yeah, and the, the other thing about that five-game week for them, the the rest of the league plays four or five times. So it's not like you can drop a two-game guy for a five-game guy mm-hmm. that, so you would you would in that scenario, I think the you would drop a very marginal three game player to pick yeah. up a coro, and you want to make sure that that player you're dropping isn't going to be better than a coro is going to be in five games. So mm-hmm. just a couple schedule things to think about. Let's get into what happened on Thursday night, Roth. Let me get you back on my screen here. Kyrie Irving, there was some Kyrie news yesterday. I don't know if you heard about this, right? I did, yeah. I'm I'm guessing you did, though. Yes. New York City workers are allowed to go back to work, vaccinated or not vaccinated, just in time, just in time for, for the Major League Baseball season to kick off, just in time for the playoffs to start for the Brooklyn Nets. So this is great news. We've been talk. We talk about this every week. I keep saying, I think it's going to happen and then it wouldn't happen. And we didn't know if it was going to happen, but it's finally happening. Kyrie's probably going to play on Sunday in Brooklyn. If you are sitting on Kyrie Irving between his 60 point bonanza that, that crushed me and his 43 points and eight assists with six triples on Wednesday night, uh, how happy are you right now? No, you're thrilled. Um, and then in terms of the timing, it's great timing because Charlotte tends to play at a high tempo. 
not the greatest defensive team either. So Kyrie's first home game of the season, he could really go off in that one. And you know, if you're in a tight playoff battle, obviously Sunday's the end of the week. So you get a big performance from Kyrie in front of the home folks. That could be enough to push some fancy managers over the top. It's huge. Uh, if I had Kyrie right now, I would be celebrating because only able to play him once a week doesn't yeah. usually doesn't work. It worked against me, but it usually doesn't work. But man, like what a what a great way to finish out the season if you especially if your league runs deep and, and keeps going until the end. Like this is it's monumental uh league changing news. So um if you held on to him and waited out this whole process uh, props to you and hopefully it pays off in the end. Mm-hmm. Their opponent last night was the Memphis Griv- Grizzlies who had no Ja Morant. He was getting some rest. Ja plays again tonight. Uh, if he was able to sit out against Brooklyn and Memphis destroyed them without too much problem, there's a decent chance they rest him again against the Pacers tonight because Memphis should wax them. But, Ralph, as you noted, Tyus Jones had 16 points and 10 assists, stealing a three. Desmond Bain had 23 and six triples. Dylan Brooks scored 21 with two triples. Uh, Anthony Melton came off the bench. I only noticed this because Jonas was sure to point it out to me last night when we were working the games. He's like, look out, Melton's hot early. Well, he finished with 23 points and six triples. So I guess the bottom line here is, Ralph, if, if John Morant's not playing, all of these guys yeah. uh, have got to be in DFS lineups, other lineups, wherever you can put them. Agreed. You'll find no argument here. <laughs> um, moving on, we've got a lot of topics. Obi, speaking of topics, Obi Toppin, uh, who I had in my DFS lineup on Tuesday night when he had like 10 points and four rebounds, didn't do anything. Uh, starting for he was starting for uh, Julius Randall. Julius Randall that night, and then last night there was no Mitchell Robinson, and of course he went off with eighteen points, eleven boards, six assists, a steal, a block, and two three pointers. My opponent had him in Fanduel last night, of course, and won. Obi Toppin, man, like can we not give him more minutes? He should be playing forty minutes a night. Yeah. It- Listeners who tuned in yesterday certainly heard my rant about Obi Toppin and some of the younger Knicks needing to play more. Said more of the same on Tuesday as well. So I think the 40 minutes is what jumps off the page immediately. The fact that Tom Thibodeau played him and stuck with him. Now, obviously, the stat line shows that, you know, the, that was that faith was rewarded. So who knows when Randall's going to be back. At this point, the Knicks really – I think there's still five games behind Atlanta for the 10 spot with about nine to go. So that, that's a really slim uh, chance of get, of catching them. So you would hope that Toppin and those younger guys will continue to play heavy minutes moving forward just to see what they can give you. Because if you don't know what those guys can give you, how can you fully plan for your offseason? So you just hope that, that he continues to play. And my lack of faith in Tibbs is why I didn't have him in my DFS lineup. So – yeah. I guess it's time to go all in on Obi Toppin after what we saw last night. Well, and it's also important to note that there was no Mitchell Robinson. Yeah. There was no Julius Randle. Um, the Knicks were playing on the second of a back to back. 
Uh, they actually got the win yeah. probably because Obi was playing so well. He just kept sticking with him. But I mean, Tibbs didn't really have a lot of his old guy options that he loves to ride. Mm-hmm. Although he did play Taj Gibson 22 minutes in a back to back the night after he started against the Hawks. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, I don't really trust Tibbs either, but there's several Knicks that could be silly season heroes. If Tibbs ever, you know, loosens the reins, like Quentin Grimes is an obvious guy that um, if management finally goes to Tibbs and says, look, play Grimes. We don't care what happens. Just put mm-hmm. him in there and let him play. I think him and Jericho Sims are both guys um, that could see a lot of run down the stre- stretch. I wouldn't be surprised if at some point Alec Burks goes away and they just let Emmanuel quickly yeah. have all the point guard minutes. At least, Ralph, I think if you and I, if, if our name was James Dolan, I think that would be happening right now because there's, there's no point. Like you said, they're so far out of the playoffs, there's it's not even a hope for a play-in game. So time to pack it in, Tibbs, and, and uh, let the kids play. Theo Maladone, my my Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, Theo Maladone came out of nowhere and went off yesterday with 25 points, four boards, six assists, steal a block, two triples. Um, most of those were season highs. If you look at Theo Maladone's uh, game log, it's really brutal. Like He yeah. hasn't played very much. He hasn't done anything. I think the Thunder lost faith in him. SGA was out again on Thursday. They let Teo Mountain come in off the bench and go nuts. Trey mm-hmm. Mann scored 21 with three triples. Uh, Vic Krejci had his first double-double of his career. Four, four three-pointers. All of his shots were uh, three-pointers. And then my man Poku couldn't shoot it out of the he couldn't shoot his way out of a barn um again but he had six points eight boards four assists two steals two blocks played 29 minutes looked good out there like every time i watch the thunder which is basically every time they play you know the people in the studio are like man poku looks so good he's out there hustling he's doing things he couldn't do last year like he had a steal um in the back, yeah, you know, at the free throw line at the other end, and then took it all the way, took it behind his back and all the way in for a layup at the other end, and just very athletic. Like, I still think there's hope for Poco to be a stud. I still think he's going to go off at some point this this season. Now, Ralph, I know I haven't let you talk yet. And <laughs> I, I'm going to. But uh, somebody said, Yosemite Joey asked, did you all see today's Pirtle? I have seen today's pearl, but I think what he may have been trying to ask was, did we see yesterday's pearl? Is yesterday's pearl the answer yeah. to Pokushevsky? And I really thought that between Poku being the, the pearl answer, starting against the terrible uh, Orlando Magic, that it was all going to come together last night. <laughs> and it just really didn't. But I was really impressed by Roby. I was impressed yeah. by Maladone. What, what are your thoughts about this silly season fest that is going on in OKC? I think Maladon's a tough play because, as you noted, the minutes have been kind of inconsistent, and his play has been inconsistent. Um, it was just kind of weird that he ended up providing better overall value last night than Trey Mann just because of the six assists and the rebounding. Um, Mann feels like the safer choice because you know he's going to start. You know he's going to get up a lot of shots, but on the flip side, you also kind of know he's not going to give you too much in those other categories, in those other categories. So that's a bit of a concern. I wouldn't play Maladon over him in DFS or regular fantasy anyway, but 
don't know, nights like last night kind of made you think a little bit. Well, and they accidentally messed around and, and won that game, which yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure Thunder management is livid right now. So they're like, <laughs> don't play Maladon anymore. Now, who knows how that's going to work out. But SGA, they keep they keep hinting that they're going to be super – you have to be careful with him, even mm-hmm. though he says he feels great. Like, he's going to sit probably every other game, I'm yeah. guessing, um, which means all these guys are going to go nuts. Portland plays – what's their schedule next week? It is Oklahoma City. I mean, they, they go four games next week and four games the week after, just like Portland. Uh, so if there is silly season value to be had, it is found in Oklahoma City usually. Chuma Okiki against them had 19 points, five boards, five triples. He started – let's say triples. Uh, five three-pointers. He started for Wendell Carter Jr. Mo Bama had a double-double, was kind of quiet. The Cole Anthony played well for that team, but it was kind of a messy um, for the Magic. They're they're bad, and like they're a tanking team that's sort of the opposite of OKC. Like to me, OKC's tank is fun. It's fun to watch them play. It's all kids out there, and then the Magic just kind of get out there and plod around. And I I just don't I'm not going to be tuning into the Magic a lot down the stretch, Ralph. Yeah, I get that. It's not really. Not really the most entertaining of options operations down there, but, but I do think Shuma Okiki for four games next week looks pretty pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. Are you on? Are you on board with that? Would you Would you pick him up? I can see it, but I don't know if I can go all in on him. To be honest with you, just because mm-hmm. I don't know the production really hasn't been there consistently, and I don't think they have any back to backs next week, so. I think that kind of limits his ceiling a bit in terms of, you know, whether Wendell Carter Jr. will be available to play in all those games. I would think he would be, but, you know, you never know. I kind of feel like Orlando is going to be at the point where, okay, you know, Wendell, you've had a great year. Uh, go sit down. Take it easy. Yeah. Mo, thanks for everything. Hey, Cole, <laughs> Anthony, it was a pleasure. And just throw kids out there. And I mean, I just feel like they're the point of running – some of these guys, especially when their their bodies are getting worn down, it just doesn't doesn't make a lot of sense to me to do that. But you know, each each team is different. You know, some some coaches try to win every single game they can because they they're trying not to get fired. And if they win twenty seven games instead of twenty four, maybe they maybe they keep their job. Who knows? But uh, I think Chumo Kiki is going to have a big week next week. In Dallas, we had no Luka Doncic, which allowed me to focus all of my attention on Poku, because that's what I do. But in that Dallas game, Roth, there's there's death, there's taxes, and there's Spencer Dinwiddie going off if Luka Doncic doesn't play. Is that correct? Pretty much, especially given the matchup. He playing the bad Houston team. That was that matchup was tailor made for Spencer and Jalen Brunson to kind of show out and that's what they did it was i had both of them uh in my FanDuel lineup the game was over so early they yeah. really didn't play in the fourth quarter which kind of kind of stunk but um yeah if luke is not playing you almost you have to think about dinwiddie and jalen brunson and even when luke is playing dinwiddie's been pretty awesome so um i'm i'm a little nervous luke luke is gonna probably come back tomorrow night 
and you know, they play the Clippers again, and Patrick Beverly and Patrick Beverly. No, no, he's not there. He's in Minnesota. So. Oh no, no, no. they're playing Minnesota. I just got the okay. team wrong. Right. Good. <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you for that. I I still I still get I see a guy like I hear the name um, Pascal Eric Pascal. Eric Pascal, yeah. I'm like, oh, he's a warrior. Like, mm-hmm. There's just no doubt in my mind. Yeah, I just start writing, and then people are like, um, he played for the Warriors like two years ago, bro. <laughs> um, but I feel like I need to look now. Now you've got me questioning myself, Ralph, which you should. I need to look at the schedule and make sure that they play Minnesota on Friday. Yeah, but I, they're, they're, they're in Minnesota on Friday, then Utah at home on Sunday. Right. Okay, good. So they play Minnesota on Friday. So that is Luca versus Pat Beverly again. And Pat Beverly was in his grill, in his head, into his body. Like he was beating him up, clapping in his face, slapping his butt, like to the point where Luca, all he could really do was laugh. But he was, you could just tell he was irritated. And I just, I'm scared that Beverly enjoyed doing that and enjoyed the reaction they got. And he's going to really be hounding Luca even harder on Friday because. Everybody knows Luca's two technical fouls away from a suspension, and you know Beverly's like, "I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna get him for both of those tonight." Uh, so that I'm just makes me a little nervous about Luca's not only his production but his health because mm-hmm. it doesn't take Patrick Beverly makes people fall down a lot. <laughs> but anyway, with Beverly harassing Luca, Dinwiddie and and Jalen should actually be. Decent options again on Friday, I think. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, the Hawks started TLC, Timothy, Timothy Luawa Cabaret, three points, two rebounds. Started for Danilo Gallinari, who I had in a real lineup and forgot to get him out and had DeAndre Hunter on the bench, which bummed me out. But Hunter, it wasn't like Hunter went crazy. No Hawks went crazy. In fact, that was a really bad Hawks game. They they lost a game that they didn't even really compete in. Um, it was Trey Young shot nine of eighteen, had a decent line. I think twenty one points, nothing special. Uh, but the Hawks just looked lost after that big win at New York the night before. So I think that was just one of those back end of a back to back things where they just weren't there. Jalen Johnson kind of came out of nowhere. Um, 11.7 boards, 25 minutes off the bench. Playing him at center, Roth. And uh, have you noticed that Clint Capella just has been almost invisible lately? Yeah, he's been pretty poor. I think he scored one point last night. Um, he had two points the night before that. The yeah. Before that. He's a, I don't think – I don't see them, like, moving him out of the rotation anytime soon. But, obviously, they need to get him going before the play-in tournament because – they're going to have to win two games to get into the playoffs. So they need him. Um, you've got Onyeka Kongu in the mix as well. He didn't play very well last night. And the injuries opened up some minutes for Jalen Johnson. He's pretty much been used as a center with their G League affiliate. So that's why that's probably one of the reasons why they haven't been able to work him into the Hawks rotation. Um, the other thing, Nate McMillan doesn't really seem to be too big on playing rookies. So that doesn't help his chances either. So. <laughs> yeah, Nate's Nate's about as old school as, as uh, they come, except for the Knicks coach, Tommy T. 
Yeah, they got beat by Detroit. They got blown out by Detroit. Yeah. That was that was disappointing. Uh, Dwight Howard dialed the clock back last night. Had 24 points, eight boards. Um, spot starting for the Lakers. LeBron was out. AD was out. Uh, Westbrook struggled early, but kind of came on late mm-hmm. and, and pulled one out. The Lakers battled in that game, but they were not able to win it. But Dwight Howard... Uh, does that move the needle for you at all, seeing him go for 24-8? and eight? Not really. Uh, I think he knew that he was going. He was most likely going to start, even if LeBron was available, just because of the matchup. They, they're not, they're not going to play LeBron at center when Joel Embiid's the, uh, the opposing five. So, obviously, Dwight was going to be out there. I think he'll probably start on Sunday against New Orleans as well, but I expect LeBron to be back for that one. Uh, just because that game is much bigger than last night's game was in terms of the race for positioning and the playing rounds. Ninth versus 10th may not seem like much, but you get one game at home if you're the ninth. So obviously the Lakers are going to want to put everything they have into that game on Sunday against New Orleans. So it was good to see Dwight play well, but it really didn't change my view on him as a fantasy option. So you're saying that LeBron James is going to go off against New Orleans? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say that, but I'll say it. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like he has to, he, he's going to have to. I think the only way they can win is if he goes off. Hmm. All right. Jimmy Harden, James Harden, 24 points, seven boards, seven assists, had a three-pointer. He kind of got banged up in the third quarter. He played through it. Uh, Joel Embiid had a 30-10, 3-3-3, same old, same old. Tobias Harris had a good aim with 20 points, seven boards, five assists, two triples. Harris looks better, doesn't he? Like he's yeah. starting to come around. Mm-hmm. Yes, because he, he hasn't had the ball the, the ball in his hands as much as he did before the trade. So I didn't think it would be as big of an adjustment for him as, say, a Tyrese Maxey, who went from the point to being moved off the ball completely. But that's kind of how things have played out. I don't think it will have too much of an impact as far as fantasy is concerned for the rest of this season. But you look at the actual playoffs – Tobias getting more comfortable is going to be critical for Philadelphia if they're to play as deep into the playoffs as they they probably believe they can. Excellent. Let's take a quick break. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ralph, the madness is upon us. Get an Edge Plus annual subscription now to unlock our college basketball, DFS, and betting tools. With game predictions, player prop projections, and more, get ready to cut down the nets using promo code BRACKETS20. Plus, you'll get every tool for every sport with your Edge Plus subscription, including our new fantasy baseball draft guide powered by Roto-World. Go to NBCSportsEdge.com slash Edge Plus and use promo code BRACKETS20 at checkout and find your edge. Ralph, how great is it to say Roto World again around these parts? It's it's back, baby. <laughs> uh, all right, Jordan Poole, I don't know if you watched any of that game. Yeah. But the kid was on fire again. 30 points, four boards, nine assists, seven three-pointers. Uh, he just went crazy, and I think – I think his three-point shooting alone led to that whole Jimmy Butler, Eric Spoolstra, Udonis Haslam meltdown that we saw on the the Heat bench last night. Uh, Golden State went on on a 19-0 run to start the second half, and then they got a timeout, and just everybody just started freaking out on the Heat. And uh, thank you, Jordan Poole, for that because that was that was one of my favorite moments of the evening. Yeah, it was certainly entertaining. Um, I don't think that flare-up was a big deal at all. Like, if we're talking about a young team that hasn't experienced success, then you'd be a bit more concerned. But, you know, you got two champions, Udonis and Eric Spolstra, then Jimmy Butler's excellent player in his own right. It's not a big deal. Because they played poorly the night before as well. So I think it all kind of came to a head when a guy fires in like a 35-footer at the end of his shot clock. So... Yeah, I think that he'll be fine. But Jordan Poole, 20 points and more in 11 straight games. Obviously, he, he's become a fancy asset after kind of struggling a bit when they initially got Clay Thompson back in the lineup. Clay didn't play last night either, by the way. But um, I think the bigger surprise is what Damian Lee and Jonathan Kaminga did. Like, if you're a DFS player decided to roll the dice on either of those guys, you probably had a good night because they both played really well. 22-6-3 with three triples for Damian Lee, 22-5-1 for Kaminga. So I think Kaminga is probably the player that more people would be inclined to gamble on. But if you reach in deep into that bucket and grab Damian Lee, good work. Ralph, do you, do you know who my – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rank my favorite NBA players and teams to watch on a nightly basis, all right? All right. Old guys, it's obviously Luka – and then Trey and Ja Morant is up there pretty high. Like Ja has become must see TV this season. I thought Lamelo was going to be must see TV all year, but he had a kind of a big first half, and and he hasn't been dazzling us as much lately. Yeah. Then after that, I'm either watching the Thunder or I'm watching uh, Jonathan Kuminga and the Golden State Warriors. Kuminga is going to be a monster in this league. He's going to be. 
I think he's going to be a, an amazing fantasy player. And he, yeah, he hasn't blocked a shot or stolen the ball in like 10 days. And that's super annoying. I don't care. He he's, he's probably my favorite player to watch right now. Yeah, I can see that. Are you excited about his, his uh, future? I think he's going to be awesome. I am um, because he, the, the belief in the pre-draft process was how raw he was offensively. I think he's been he's been he's proven to be further along in that area than many expected. Um, the defense and the athleticism are certainly there. I know the counting stats haven't been there defensively, but I'm not too worried about that, especially when he's going to get to learn from a guy like Draymond Green as he continues to, to uh, develop as a pro. So yeah, I can see and he's that. and he's just an athletic freak. Like he, yeah. he's he's fun to watch. Uh, Ralph, we have some breaking news. Sniper forty one thirteen asked, "Is has Giannis been ruled out tonight?" I checked the NBC Sports Edge headlines, and it is breaking news. Giannis is not going to play tonight. So, Ralph, when you look at the Bucks roster for tonight, is there anything you see in Milwaukee that that looks like an obvious? Uh, I'm going to play that guy everywhere I can. I think Bobby Portis, for one, um, he's still 80% rostered. Um, coming off the bench now with Brooke Lopez being moved into the starting lineup, I don't know if they start those two together, but no Giannis has to mean that Bobby's going to take on more more playing time tonight. Um, Pat Connaughton's another guy. You know, He's not rostered anywhere near as many leagues as Bobby Portis. So I think those two are the guys that kind of jump out to me right now looking at who Milwaukee potentially will be without tonight. Yeah, we still don't know if Chris Middleton's going to play. We know for sure Giannis is not going to play. Yeah. Um, so so given those two factors, I think if I'm setting a DFS lineup, I, I'm probably going to find a way to put Drew Holiday in there. For sure. I think Brooke Lopez, who's back in the starting lineup, suddenly becomes um, worth a look. I think your guy, Bobby Portis, Bobby Portis has been kind of quiet lately. This could be a good time for him to right the ship and, and break back out. I think if you're looking for a super cheap guy uh, that's going to get some minutes and put up some some numbers, or Serge Ibaka sort of making some noise lately. And then, of course, uh, guys like Grayson Allen and and Pat Connaughton's kind of a good call. Uh, Pat Connaughton played decent the other night when Middleton wasn't in there. But anyway. You can probably throw Jordan Warren in the mix, too, because he's made some starts um, earlier this season. So if Middleton yeah. fits as well, then maybe he becomes an attractive DFS option because his price won't be very high at all. Ralph, Kyle Lowry turned back the clock last night. It's pretty cool. Like the week that I didn't have Kyle Lowry in my playoff matchup, Kyle Lowry didn't do anything. Yeah. And uh, ever since then – and I lost, so it doesn't matter. But ever since then, he's kind of been playing playing well. Um, 26 points, nine assists last night with six triples. Um, he scored 20 in back-to-back games for the first time since November. He's put together four good games in a row. Do you trust Kyle Lowry now? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I guess I trust him as much as, as I, I would have under normal circumstances. Um yeah, the offense has been a bit disappointing except for this recent stretch here. First time he scored 20 points or more in consecutive games since mid-November. That's a very long time. Um, so I don't know if I can go all in on him. 
haven't looked at their schedule coming up because, you know, they play a back-to-back. He's probably one of those guys who may end up sitting, if anything. So, Well, let's I, look at that schedule yeah. because, first of all, both of those games, when Kyle Lowry was out there balling out, they lost. Um, so they lost they, to Philly. They do have a back-to-back coming up, too. They lost to Philly. They lost to a Golden State team that started no one. And as you just alluded to, they go Friday against the Knicks, Saturday against Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And that's back-to-back. So yeah. we've seen Jimmy Butler miss games all year. Kyle Lowry's due for a rest. They're not playing very well right now. I, I don't – not a lot I love about – there's not a lot I love about the Heat, to be honest, but yeah. uh, they've got that New York doubleheader on Friday and Saturday. That that will be interesting. Uh, then they go Monday, Wednesday. Then they've got a back-to-back on Saturday and Sunday. So there's another one coming right around the corner at Chicago, at Toronto. So just be aware of that if you've got some Heat players uh, on your roster. Rough. after that, we're going to jump to Sacramento, I was sitting here working last night and Twitter was just blowing up about Chemezi Me Too. 22 points, five boards, uh, an assist, a steal, a block, three triples. I think he had his career high in scoring in the first half of that game. But then he really disappeared in the second half, which yeah. didn't surprise me much. But um, there was no Sabonis. There was no Rashawn Holmes. You know, I jotted down the other day. I thought... I thought for tomorrow, for Friday's podcast, we might be doing like a like a mini silly season draft or, mm-hmm. or something crazy. So I wrote down like my top 25 silly season candidates and Chemizzi was was one of those. Yeah. And he, I, I don't I think he goes off the rest of the way. What do you think? I've been pretty high on him ever since they announced that Sabonis. It was reported, rather, that Sabonis could miss the remainder of the season, which makes sense. They're not going to get into the play-in conversation, so why even push him or De'Aaron Fox? I'm sure we'll get into him in a couple minutes. But, yeah, Matthew's is a definite add. Damian Jones started 12-6 and six with a, a steal and a block. Didn't really blow up last night, but that's a serviceable line, you know. And if he's going to start and play 28 minutes per night, he might be worth a look as well. So, I Like I said on, I think it was Tuesday's podcast, I said that Met 2 is my favorite option of the three, those two and uh, Alex Len. But Damian Jones isn't a slouch either. So either one of those guys, I think you want to make sure you can, they're not a, lingering on your waiver wires right now if you need games. Yeah, Ralph, I threw up a sniper's question right in the middle yeah. of while you were talking about Damian <laughs> Jones. Sorry about that. I was trying to get it up there like right before you started talking I'm just not very good at this. So, uh, but anyway, Sniper said, "What was Damian Jones' stat line?" And and Roth just told you on cue and gave you his thoughts on him. I'm I'm with you. I think like at this point, I'm disregarding Alex Len yeah. altogether. Like he does not exist in my in my world. So Damian Jones second, Chemezi Me Too. I think is a great a great uh, waiver wire ad right now. Davion Mitchell. Yeah. What a what a comeback without the Aaron Fox around. Uh, 25 points, seven assists, two triples, 38 minutes, hit 10 to 15 shots. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo had 11, six, and eight with two threes. When are we going to see De'Aaron Fox again? And is Davion Mitchell, like, they only had one game remaining this week. I, mm-hmm. I haven't even looked at it lately, but 
is he worth hanging on to at all costs at this point? Yeah, they play on Saturday. That's their last yeah. game this week. I think I think he is for sure. Um, as I as I alluded to, Fox was included in that report that they may shut those guys down for the rest of the season. So Davion Mitchell is an obvious ad. They play four games next week. So if your fantasy league goes into next week, you're definitely going to want to, going to, want to have Davion on your roster. DiVincenzo is effectively their backup point guard uh, when Mitchell sits because they don't have any other options. So he hasn't shot the ball well, so he may hurt you in a field goal percentage category. But as you see with the eight assists last night, he can help out some other areas. So I think both of those guys are attractive options. If you can afford to wait since he only played one more game this week, you may you can do that, but it, that's a risk that may backfire on you just because they're scheduled next week and they're playing well enough that both can be worth adding right now. Ralph, let's quick hit these last few topics and then try to get try to get two questions in. Isaiah Jackson left after seven minutes last night with a headache. He had just come back from a concussion. Yeah. I've had injury concerns about the guy ever since he ever since we've been hyping him and he just can't get past it. And it's, it makes me sad. Goga Batadze, because I, Isaiah Jackson wasn't out there, I had 20 points, nine boards, three pointer, like he's must add, right? Goga. Yeah, for sure. And Goga's young. Mm-hmm. Goga's young. DeAndre Ayton had a monster line, dominated Minnesota. Devin Booker had, did Devin Booker things. Uh, Landry Schmidt had 19. I don't know that there's, there's yeah. much to say there. Uh, Alperin Shingun had 14, 11, 2, and 2 with a three-pointer. A double-double in just 20, 22 minutes. The Rockets really didn't look very good at all yeah. last night. Uh, Christian Wood, after that monster game, just sort of fell back there, didn't really do anything. I still think they're going to turn Shingun loose at, at some point, but I have zero faith in trying to wait for it to happen anymore. Yeah, agree with that. Um, the Spurs looked great. DeJounte Murray went nuts. Keldon Johnson went nuts. Jakob Pertl had a career-high six blocks. Um, was out there dominating. So they're fun. And then former Spur, Drew Eubanks, has become super reliable in Portland. 29, uh, 20 points, nine boards, four assists, a steal, two triples. He looks really good, man. I, and Portland plays a ton of games the rest of the way. I'm, I'm good with adding Eubanks everywhere. Agreed. Uh, all right, we've got a couple minutes left. Let's go to Brian's question here. It's a long one, Ralph, but but let's try it. Chris Boucher, not Chris Bosch, but Chris Boucher, is he worth adding for tonight and Saturday? I'm at 13 games total played while my enemy has 21, so I need to protect field goal, free throw, steals, blocks, turnovers to go to the finals. Would you start Chris Boucher? Um. I would. I don't feel particularly great about it. Uh, the good news is that it's Cleveland and Indiana. So Cleveland's going to be a difficult matchup, but no Jared Allen, I think, makes it a bit more manageable for a guy like Boucher in terms of the matchup. And Indiana, as we just discussed, their front court's a bit of a mess right now with all the injuries. So I think you can do that. I would feel a little bit more comfortable with Precious Achua if he were available. But we've seen Boucher's upside on many occasions, and that's why he remains part of fantasy conversations. So I wouldn't have well, a look, look at like I'm looking at his game log. Sunday, March 6th, he had 21 and 7 with three steals and a block. Then he had three points 
in 12 minutes, <laughs> like yeah. the next game. And then he had four points in 12 minutes. And then mm-hmm. he played 30 minutes and had 21 and 13 with four blocks. Then he played 20 minutes, had 13 and eight. Uh, then he played 22 minutes, had six, played 17 minutes and had six. And then his last two games, Sunday was 39 minutes, 12 points, 14 boards, a steal and a block. And Monday was 33 minutes, 19 points, 10 boards, two blocks, and a steal. Like, why why does Nick Nurse keep this kid on a yo-yo, man? It is just awful. I don't know why they didn't trade him. They obviously don't love having him around. It just uh, it just drives me crazy. But, yeah, it if you're trying to protect those categories, like you know better than we do. If you're looking for counting stats and you need Bosch to, or Boucher to come through – with big numbers, I, I don't know that he's the right one to chase here. But if you're just trying to have him hold down the fort in those categories, it seems to make sense to me. All right, Ruff, we uh, we are going to be back tomorrow. I'm going to be back here tomorrow. It's going to be myself, Matt Straub, and Jonas. And there is a special guest coming. I don't want to don't want to ruin it. It may not be quite as exciting as when we had the Pirtle uh, developer on. But it is a former NBA player. You will know exactly who he is. It's pretty cool that he's coming on. Right. Going to talk a little uh, gambling, maybe a little little college hoops. And uh, for us on this Thursday show, I, I assume we'll be back doing this again at some point when the when the season st- starts off again. But we're going to take a little break for the off season. And uh, Ralph, it's been it's been a pleasure. It's been fun. You've done a great job, and uh, been a great to have you here. Uh, thank you. It, likewise. Yeah, to be able to have like a, a, a podcast where we get to just kind of talk for 45 minutes or so has been really cool. Um, kind of interact with listeners as well. So certainly grateful to all of you listening or watch, watch live. So, yeah, it's been fun. And, you know, hopefully we'll be back and once next season starts on Thursday. All right. Thanks, y'all, for stopping by. We'll see you next time. I'll see you all tomorrow with a special guest. Ralph, have a great day. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.